Welcome to the Above Board Podcast. The coffee is not working today, despite drinking lots of it. We're going to be talking about recession. And recession being the, the proper definition of a fall in GDP across two quarters in a row, aka gross domestic product, what the country is producing. And right now, the US is, despite what the politicians are saying, the US is in a recession. I think Canada is heading that way. And so is the UK. I don't believe either of them have actually hit a recession yet, but they're certainly heading that way and people are talking about it. So we're going to talk about it on today's episode of the Above Board Podcast. I guess we should first explain that why you sound different <laughs> than usual. Yes. Yes, I'm in the UK right now. I've been here for about a week. And I'm here for a little while. And yeah, I'm 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 actually in a co-working space. So that is that is how I'm rolling right now. And the coffee, like I say, the coffee's not working. For some reason the coffee's just not working today. Okay, what one. what time is it there though? Like it's seven thirty in the morning for me and my coffee. I've actually yeah. I've finished my coffee. I'd like another one, but it's three thirty here and I just want to sleep, but I also want to talk about recession. So I'm ready for that. And this has been on my mind because I've just been hearing being in this co working space too. I've heard multiple people mention the recession. Even th- even passing comments like we'll see what the recession brings and we'll see what happens in the recession. It's on everyone's mind, especially if they're running a business. And I sort of overheard something. I don't know what they were talking about, but I think he was talking about who they, I've got to be careful. I don't want to give away anything, but it's, it's public space. So it's not, like, but just people talking about who they can afford to lose or something. I think it was along those lines. And so along with me thinking, Oh wow, it's amazing. I haven't got to do all these calls because people are on the phone constantly. It kind of made me feel feel quite lazy. I'm never on the phone, and then I'm also, but it's also got me thinking about the recession because I was talking about it. I mean, we're not we're not stressed because we're not overextended. We haven't got debts. We're in a very different position. You know, we could lose a thousand customers. Not that we want to. I'm not saying like, well, I'm not saying bring it on, but I'm saying it wouldn't affect us, and we'd be pushy. Um, and I don't think that. Uh, I mean, our sector, what, what I expect would happen is there'd be some companies, and this, this has happened since the start of Fathom, there'll be some companies who go out of business, but then there'll be others that then replace them. And because, we do, because we're in analytics, we really do have exposure to everyone, if that makes sense, you know, because we do. Everyone uses analytics. So I'm not, too, I'm not really thinking about it, to be honest with you. I still see us as we're going to grow. I feel like we've been, paid, we've been kind of coasting for a while, as we paid down the technical debt and even the coasting has been really efficient. Imagine what's going to happen when we actually ship some of the things that we're currently sitting with. That's kind of where my brain goes. I'm not even, I'm not thinking about, I'm not worried at all. Look at all of these companies in tech that are laying people off. Oh, it's embarrassing. Like it, it is embarrassing. And we've talked about this on the show as well. And it, it feels almost like, like they, they're not doing things like they're not thinking things through or they're not thinking through the long-term ramifications of of like hiring sprees 
right? Like it, it feels like they're just being idiots and these company and it bothers me because these companies aren't idiots, but they're treating jobs like they are being idiots with those jobs and not being thoughtful about it. Well, they, they don't care. Their main focus is um, investor return or personal wealth building. They're, they're not thinking about the people who that are, I'm sure you may see some CEOs that have got a CEO on LinkedIn. He posted a picture of, posted a picture of himself with tears on his face doing some big thought piece about how CEOs are affected too by the layoffs. And you just think, fuck off, dude. Like it's such a, such a, someone on Twitter was talking about the psychology of doing something like that, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, yeah. So the, we, the tide, it was like quite about the tide going out and you can see who's skinny dipping, who's swimming without, but that's what it feels like. Uh, I don't know if it's a Warren Buffett quote, but it's true. Who is overextended? Who's chasing hardcore growth? And surprise, surprise, it's the big companies, the, the all these big startups that are just trying to dominate the market. Look at Coinbase wants to dominate crypto. All of these big, big companies reducing hiring, they're doing layoffs and everything else. It's just because they weren't sustainable to begin with. And then you add in this, I guess they weren't sustainable. I guess it, it, our definition of sustainable. They weren't sustainable to begin with, because obviously they are sustainable to last, but they haven't got enough profit, maybe, or I don't know, they're using too much debt, because look at them, they can't afford to grow, grow, grow. Or maybe it's just that maybe they're doing the layoffs because they're not going to meet targets and that sort of thing. But it's a whole different way of playing business. And small businesses are so different from these businesses. And I guess I can't comment because I'm not on the inside of the big businesses. But to me, everything in these big businesses seems to be uh, looking at hyper growth or, or, or significant growth and, and targets and hiring because they're chasing this big new opportunity. And it's this opportunity, 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 but at huge scale. And yeah, the layoffs are nuts. I mean, Coinbase is, was affected by crypto too, which is, which is all just weird. That whole, we talked about that recently, didn't we? But that whole thing is just weird. I don't like that car. I don't know why I don't like that company. They just got bad taste in my mouth for some reason. I don't know why. But that's that's a weird one. But yeah, small businesses can do so much more. Because everyone's saying it's a bootstrappers market right now. Because bootstrappers can be so much more flexible. And I mean, I'm not just talking about 100% self-funded. I mean, even people who are with tiny seed and, and whatever else, they're not, they're not chasing these billion-dollar acquisitions when they IPO. Those companies that are are going to find it harder to get capital and things like that. So I really, it's just not registered with me as, as a business owner. We're not relying on, we're not relying on debt. We're not relying on huge growth. I mean, if we, if we grow, if we didn't grow one month, if we didn't grow for six months in a row from right this moment, wouldn't matter if we started decreasing our growth. But again, we can be nimble, we can be quick and we can jump over a candlestick and adapt, and get the growth back. There's always opportunity. We don't need big, big, big payoffs. We can do a few things to get smaller payoffs. You know, add like five, six figures MRR. We can do that. We can accumulate and do that quite easily. Even in a recession, we're not looking to get million to to hundred million dollar revenue adjustments. If that makes sense. Well, because we've optimized for being for maximizing our profit at whatever level we're at. Whereas other companies want to maximize their profit for the level they hope to get to. And as soon as that trajectory starts to change, they're like, oh, shit, we need to drop 10% of our workforce. And I think as well, 
and and maybe this is me projecting, but I think as well, these companies see this as an opportunity for trying to squeeze as much work out of less people. Like if they think, <laughs> oh, well, I can draw, if we drop 10% of our workforce, then our investors can get that money on the back end. And then we can just push our workers to work harder to make up for that 10%. So the net net is we get just as much productivity but our investors or our shareholders make more money and we're just pushing people. And I think there's this fallacy that you need to, and I've seen this in support as well sometimes, not very often, but I I still definitely see it where people think, well, I want to go with a big company because I feel like they'll be too big to fail or they'll be more reliable or they'll be there for the long term. And I, I think that's only the case with something like, I guess, in Canada, like CBC or Air Canada, where the government's just going to keep bailing them out <laughs> when there's when there's financial issues. But I think in general, big companies, when they're on that trajectory that you're talking about this, like we're only succeeding if there's hyper growth and we're meeting our ever increasing goals and projections. But I think for a business like ours, that's obviously quite a bit smaller. Like we've got less than 10 people or maybe about 10 people <laughs> at the moment. Yeah, where we can just keep, like you said, we can just keep going where things are at if they don't change. Like we optimize for, and I think there's something to be said for optimizing for where you're at instead of optimizing for where you think you're going to get to. Because I feel like we are more sustainable in the long term than like these companies that have like recently IPO'd and have like it done all of this, like taking all of these like new rounds of investing and then laid off workers. And it just feels like, are you really trusting those companies just because they have more like butts in seats working for you? Like that doesn't, I don't know. I think there's just this. This, like I said, there's this this fallacy that oh well, the bigger companies are more trustworthy because they're more sustainable, and I don't think that's the case at all. Yeah, well, and, and it's risk tolerance too. Investors don't wouldn't care. I mean, they, I mean, this is no, that's not true because they have they do care. But I guess investors, if investors, the investors that email us wouldn't care necessarily for us to continue how we're doing. It's one of the things that we always say back to them is that they would want us to change what we're doing and go for hyper growth so they can get good returns. A lot of, I'd say the majority of investors, VC especially, I said, no, let's say, let's, let's categorize it as VC. A lot of VC doesn't actually want the, the sensible returns year over year. They want the hyper growth. And that's something that we're never willing to chase because we don't like being in volatile positions. We like being in we like being pessimistic in our predictions so we can actually stay stable and adapt easily. Something else I wanted to add, you mentioned about working people harder. <laughs> it's, it's not just, so the employees were there before, right? Some people got laid off and then the, everything falls on the remaining employees. Well, there's now this fear they have of them losing their jobs and not being able to provide for their families and, and things like that. So quite often they will take on the extra work and work hard because the company's struggling the investor often uh, getting their getting their cash back, and that's sad. And then that leads to all kinds of problems. And then they'll just get through the recession. The company does okay, and the people will be exhausted. I am quite pessimistic about the recession. I really like because yeah, the, the companies that are responsible and just 
aren't trying to win and completely dominate the entire market, they're doing just fine for the most part. Or unless, but then here's here's another thing: small businesses that work with larger businesses are affected, or work in, in certain sectors that there's all these knock-on effects. You can have unemployment, you can have less income, and there's, there's asset oh asset prices falling. That's a great example. So asset prices falling. So you've suddenly got uh, on paper, I suppose on paper, if someone owned all these things, on paper net worth decreases, and and that then is worth less as security. And you have all these knock-on effects that would occur from the asset price changes. And then there's the government borrows more money. And then what's it? The Bank of Bank of UK, Bank of Canada, Bank of what is it called? The Federal Reserve. Actually, I don't know how the US works, but a Bank of Canada, for example, will put interest rates up. And then people will borrow less money, and that money might have been used for stimulating the economy and all that stuff. And it, it just there's so much stuff going on. And, and you said like we're not econ- economists; we can comment on our situation, our position. But everything seems to have a knock-on effect, and so whilst we're not seeing too much in our day-to-day right now, I think we're going to well look at look at mortgage interest in Canada. That's gone up multiple times now. We've got there's people in Toronto, Toronto especially, I guess Vancouver too who are overextended on their mortgage. And these interest rates are going to cause them. I mean, I'd argue that these people shouldn't have extended that far to get the mortgage in the first place. They shouldn't be taking million-dollar mortgages. That's my personal opinion, but that's a, that's not really a judgment. That's just a personal personal philosophy on it. So they're now going to probably lose their houses. And then there's going to be less demand for houses, and that's then going to have a knock-on effect in all kinds of areas. And people might, there already might is less stuff. demand for houses because housing right. prices are dropping. I think the problem too there is that, like especially in the market in Toronto, like you couldn't get a house. You still maybe can't for under like one point five million dollars. So like you're forced almost to take on a higher mortgage than you want because you just want to get into the market because you think the market's going to ever increase at these ridiculous mm-hmm. rates, like in Toronto and Vancouver. Lower wages are going to happen. People are going to companies will try and reduce costs, and and there's going to be an increased deficit in the government. I mean, like, yeah, if if, a, <laughs> if you put companies make less money, governments get less taxes. Workers get less income. Government gets less <laughs> gets less taxes again. And I, part of my my mind then goes to if the government has more debt to pay off, will we see a, an increase in taxes? Yeah, this stuff's nuts. I mean, I guess what, what we can do is we can actually say to everyone listening that if we find the recession is affecting us as a business, well, I'm not talking personal level because that's going to vary for everyone. But if if it affects us as a business, we can do another episode and actually talk about the recession because I just I, I don't see it hitting us that hard because we're so lean to begin with and we don't overspend and we're very conservative fiscally anyway. So. And people will look to – so here's another thing with bootstrap companies. We aren't going to be as expensive as the enterprise options, right? So where a company would look to cut spend, they would move to a solution like ours. I mean, we can quote 100, 200 grand to a company. That's nothing. you know, Per, per year, that's nothing for an enterprise customer. And then they might move away from a solution that's charging them maybe a million dollars. I don't know, something, something stupid. And analytics gets really stupid. So I see it as an opportunity for small businesses. And I guess, yeah, I I don't know enough about recession to actually talk in detail about it, but I know that some things are going to be happening. And if I was running a small business, some things I'd be thinking about are look at your customers. How many of your customers do you think are high risk? I mean, I guess look at the revenue from the customers. You know, we have 
we have multi-billion dollar customers who aren't paying us tons and tons of money because they fit into the regular plan, right? That's happened many times. So look at who's paying you a ton of money. Look at how that's split up. Are you really diversified amongst thousands of customers or do you have perhaps 50 customers that make up you know, 60% of your revenue? If you do, you really need to be careful there because if these companies are, again, everyone's, everyone is at risk of the damage from the recession. We shouldn't be too, too, um, too complacent. But I guess go through and look at who's really at risk. And then I suppose what I would probably do is I'd look to sign in a long-term commitment maybe, or I don't know, just make sure they're good and strength work on the relationship, that sort of thing. We don't really have that situation. So it's not something we have to worry about, but that is something I'd do if I was doing, you know, say consulting or even software for bigger companies. And also review your expenses and look at things like $14, $20 a month. Those things really aren't going to ruin you in the recession. But I would look at things that are thousands of dollars a month and think about whether you need them. That's just it, though, because then you do that, they cut back, and then someone could lose a job or could lose something, lose revenue somewhere. That has this knock-on effect, doesn't it? I suppose that's the, and everyone starts to panic. And I always remember when the recession happened and the house prices started dropping. And uh, my mum, I think it was a yeah, single mum at the time, and uh, I think I said to her, I was young, and I said, to her, you know, are you worried? And she said she's not worried because she's not selling a house. And I'm pretty sure she lost she lost her job a few times. But there's always, when some sector fails, there's always something, not sector, industry, whatever you want to say, there's something else that is thriving. <laughs> like, I don't know what's going to be thriving, but it, it, it seems to be the case. And we literally see it because we're involved, we have our fingers in every possible pie. Everyone needs analytics pretty much. And everything's online these days. Everyone's got a website. So we do see, we can see one company fold and then we can see another company that's just like, yeah, just got you know, all this investment. Heck, I know a company that just got millions of dollars of investment because um, I mean, this is actually one of the company that needs the, the capital because they're the things that they're doing. And that happened. And it was around the recession time. They still got money. I think it's just harder to get if, you, if you're really in need of it. Well, there's still like venture capital funds have funds to be deployed, regardless of what the economy is doing. Like the function of a fund in VC is to deploy capital. So they might change their risk tolerances or thresholds for risk, but that money still has to be like, it has to be deployed, right? So like I've been talking to a bunch of people who are in that world lately, and they're just moving from a lot of deploying that capital in pre-seed or in pre-revenue companies to deploying that capital in companies that have some inkling of, oh, well, this company can make money because their their revenue is starting to grow or increase or happen or that kind of thing. So there's still like things are still happening. And I think as well, it comes down to like, especially as this, like to bring this back to small businesses, it's like there's so much that we cannot control. Like we can't control the global economy, we can't control recessions, but we can control um, keeping our customers happy. Like we can control making sure the value of the thing that we provide is as high as possible. We can control looking at things like our churn month over month and seeing like, is this increasing? Is this decreasing? Is this staying the same? And like what strings or levers can we pull to keep things in in a positive state or just like we can 
like we can control replying to people on on customer support and and, and keeping those people yeah yeah exactly so i mean i think i think a lot of times with like stress and worry it's the things that we can't control and at least for myself the way i bring that back into check is like okay what can i do and then i can focus on that <laughs> for a little bit and like get through these are the things that i can do right now um and then i feel a bit better <laughs> i guess when you're not stressing you can also see opportunity better there's always opportunity when the economy changes there are always especially in our economy where we're all connected and there's opportunity everywhere when you're when you're struggling to survive obviously that's a lot harder to see and that's why a lot of people can uh, struggle to get from that survival stage to the next i guess i call it next level because it's hard when you're struggling and you're struggling to survive and, and i think i was tying that in because if you're stressing it can be quite hard to see the opportunity that is often in front of you so yeah keeping focused on what you can control is all you can do keeping optimistic but yeah i haven't had too many friends that are too concerned about the recession i mean I have one friend that works in finance. He's not, he obviously knows it's coming. He's not too concerned. We'll see. You know, it's too early to call everything. Let the politicians talk about it. But yeah, if you're a small business owner, you're in for a good ride. And having, being sensitive to opportunity is just, that's, that's the, that's the killer feature, I think, of, of running a business, being hypersensitive to potential opportunity. Yeah. I mean, that definitely makes sense. So yeah, I guess let's call it there. So thank you so much for listening to the Above Board Podcast, and we'll catch you next time.